Uh, this is Hit That Line. I am your host, Zach Barry, coming to you week nine college football season. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Saturday, 6.30, under the lights, in Kyle Field. Last week, pretty touch and go. Um, yours truly got up off the mat on both feet, and threw a couple haymakers, went 3-0. Nick, 2-1. Ben went one and two, and then Austin. I, look, every every king must fall at some point. Went zero and three, um, so we are we we got to get on the same page. You know, we got to all be be clicking uh, at the same time. One of these weeks, maybe it'll be week nine. Um, so we're forty two and fifty five overall on the season. Uh, we got a tight race for first between Austin and Ben. Um, ben is up one game now. Um, and then uh, Nick is right behind him, and then I am just huffing and puffing, trying to keep pace. Uh, I'm going to bring in the gentleman here in a second, but before I do that, I want to remind you of the sponsors that make this show possible. We talk about it every week. We're going to do it again here. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates, look no further than State Farm and Davis McCord. He is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call, 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are also brought to you by Clinical Urology Associates. One thing you do not need to gamble with is whether or not it is time for a vasectomy or you're looking to perform in the clutch. You do not want to gamble with either of those. If you're wanting to learn more about that or you're in search of treatments for men's health, look no further than Dr. Michael Jennings at CUA. Dr. Jennings, an Ole Miss graduate, is here to make that difficult time of a vasectomy easier on you, now offering special in-office sedation for vasectomy patients. They are also offering minimally invasive surgery, including the use of advanced laparoscopic procedures. He, along with his team of medical professionals, look forward to providing excellent health care to the people of the great state of Alabama and beyond as they accept all forms of insurance. So you can come from all over the country to go see Dr. Jennings and his team. So go all in and lay the points with them at one of their five locations in North Alabama and keep your health in the black. Give them a call, 256-492-4040, extension 4. Lastly, before we get going, we got a new sponsor on the show. If you ever find yourself craving top-shelf protein but not wanting to fight the hustle and bustle of the square, look no further than Hester's Chop House, Oxford's newest premier steakhouse option that comes straight to your doorstep. Started by Ole Miss, Rebel, uh, Ole Miss Rebel and fire extinguisher enthusiast Jonathan Hess, Hester's offers free delivery of a 16-ounce New York strip with your choice of two sides, ranging from diced potatoes to basmati rice to Brussels sprouts and more. This elite dinner created by a player for players starts at $25, and yes, you heard it right, free delivery. Follow them at Chophouse80 on Twitter and Hester's Chophouse on Instagram and place your orders ASAP. All right, gentlemen. Like I said at the top, week eight was a little bit of, uh, you know, some hot, some cold, but we're back for week nine. Um, I, look, I say it every week, but I mean, it's a gambling show. You got to be confident. I, I got some uh, I got some in the uh, in the chamber here. Feeling pretty good about how we feel in week nine. Hey, Zach, what did you say Ben was the last two weeks combined? 
Last two weeks combined, he is one and five. One okay. and five. Okay. Do I yeah. still have I was two, two, two and one, and I wasn't even on the show. Two and one last week, wasn't even on the show. I but think we uh, about- I will say, Nick, you are you are two and four the last two weeks. Well, okay. <laughs> your boy, your boy over here is four and two in the last two weeks. I'm coming. Uh, awesome. We need to talk about two cold. Three and oh, oh and three. Like we need to talk about two of my three losses last week. DJU fumbles on the team. There we go. And Syracuse picks it up, returns it for a touchdown. That's a 14-point swing, and <laughs> that cost me the cover. All right, that happens. It's football. Crazy stuff happens. The K-State one, though, that's hard. That leaves a bad That was brutal. So, Adrian Martinez plays one drive to start the game. They go to the backup. The backup gets them up 18, I think, in the first half. They're still up in the third quarter, like up four, up eight, something. The backup gets knocked out. They put in the third-string quarterback. The third-string quarterback throws one pass. Gentlemen, what do you think happened on the one pass he threw for the night? Picks it. It's picked off. TCU returns it down to, like, K-State 20 or something. They punch in a touchdown. Then after that, they go back to the second-string dude after the third-string guy basically cost you the game. So that one, that that's hard to get over. But uh, we we have to move forward, I guess. Oh man, it was pretty brutal. Um, I'll give you that. I mean, all jokes aside, uh, that was that was tough. So we uh, all can talk about win expectancy. Nick is a big fan. Bill C numbers. K State had a sixty percent win expectancy in that game. Not not to cover to win outright, ooh. and they lose and by lost 10. by double digits. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's and, right. and, and honestly, like probably, I mean those those were tough. But I I was shocked that. UCLA plus six didn't hit. I mean, Oregon just whipped them. Yeah, yeah that that was just a, that was just a terribly bad read on my part. I I thought UCLA would control the lines of scrimmage. They got I don't ran think, off the field. I mean, you weren't like, the only Oregon, one. There were a ton of yeah. people that picked UCLA. Well, Oregon looked good. I mean, they looked really good. yeah, looked really um, good. Okay, I think we quick. might need to we we may need to go back and uh, finish your talking about UCLA. Go ahead. Well, no, no, I was just gonna say real quick. I think we we talked about it earlier today or yesterday, but. If Oregon wins out, they're in the playoff, right? I, I don't know that they barring, be, barring four other undefeateds, I think yeah. they're in. I they're mean, knocking I mean, on the door. I mean, they're all about – it's all recency bias with, like, when you win, how you win, you know, how you know how soon was your last loss. And, like, I mean, what was it, week zero, week one, whenever they played Georgia? I mean, if you rattle off 12 straight or however many – what do they play, nine Pac-12 games? Um so we'll, we'll, I think if they I think win the title game, though, they could have finished twelve and yeah, one. Ten. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, if there's not four undefeateds, I don't know how you keep them out because they're playing awesome right now. I mean, Bo Nix, he's laughing all the way to the NIL bank. I mean, he's not going to be in the NFL, but he's uh he's really turning around. Yeah. No, he's looking um, out there. We 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 mentioned yeah. that that against you know that level of competition, he might look a little better than he actually is because he's not playing against NFL corners week in and week out. And he has. He's looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I also I, think it, he might have – a change of scenery might have helped him. I, I mean, like, yeah, I think it's possible that he is better than last year and the, maybe the competition's a yeah. little bit different. But I, I, well, I don't think it's just same old Bo Nix playing against worse guys. He, I mean, he kind of looks better. Change, we all change of scenery – Go ahead, Zach. Well, I was going to say change of scenery with a familiar face because him and Kenny Dillingham – have a history and 
that offense is clicking with those two together again. We're we're giving too much credit to that Georgia game too. I think they actually outgained Georgia at least on the ground. And I know they got ran off the field, but that's not indicative of the team that they are. That being Oregon, like well, I, so I don't you can think change that. a lot in, in in four months of football. You can you know, for sure. You can. Yep. And he's and he's doing all this without a Chick Fil A in Eugene. <laughs> hey, Jackson Dar's doing it without a Chick Fil A in Oxford. Don't forget that. It's hey. been a hard time. At least uh, time that well, where where Oxford's not very busy this time of year, so it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. I really this thought about that. The, the dark ages here, man. It's been a long couple months. What I want to look back one last Wait, game. Hold on. I think we what happened to the Chick Fil A? They're the renovating region. it. All it they I can't they it, can't we, they can't sling chicken while they're renovating. No, apparently not. Apparently it not. has been. I mean, the driest. I can't set up, a, I can't set up a, a circus tent and get it going. I, I they'd look, sell chicken I, sandwiches if they did. They could, yeah. and I'd be there if they would do it. I mean, I'm Nick, serious, you, you, you know what the brine recipe is. We do, wait, do what? Wait, what closed? No, I was going to say they they literally closed for renovations. I think the first home game. And have not been open since. Like the they worst closed, timing imaginable. They closed oh, like September one on yeah. a, on a Thursday, and we were playing on that Friday. And they're Are they supposed gonna... to be opening back in the middle of November, like just ahead of the Alabama game. I think that might have been pushed back to December from some rumors I've heard, and the fact that I see it every day, it does not look like it's going to be ready in three weeks, I, they... which is a whole. Full- a whole football season lost. Revenue. If you know anything about construction, if they pro- and this is not to disparage construction people, but if they project it to be finished in the middle of November, you're looking at like February first. Yeah, yeah. Valentine's, Day, Valentine's yeah. Day reopening. Yeah, man, y'all yeah. down bad. So it's we are down like we are down like unbelievably bad. Like Marianas Trench is bad. Damn, that that's a sick reference. Um, if, well, if this was a, <laughs> cool. if this was a. If this was an LSU podcast, they would make jokes about, oh, well, you can't have cold chicken tenders in your tent. And, you know, open flames. So so Nick um, and I went to the game last weekend. Oh, yeah. Tell them the story. Tell them the story. A little bit of a quick rundown. Um, a good time. Great actually, time. A lot of fun. It's actually not – it's not that loud. I mean, it got loud a couple times. Hell the yeah. loudest part but of the whole game them. was when they played Colin Baton Rouge before the game, and they said, Louisiana. That was loud. Hey, the, and the loudest cheer was when they were going through their NFL Tigers, like Ole Miss does the NFL Rebels, and Joe Burrow's name came up. They they did it alphabetically from Z to A, and he was the last – or they just strategically made him the last one. And when it, his name popped up, the place exploded. It was louder than any touchdown, any turnover. Yeah. Anything like that? I mean, they they worship that dude, but um um I not I didn't not that loud. Maybe that's extreme. I've been in louder places in the last year. I mean, yeah. it, it was, and maybe they're just not as as rowdy because it's during the day. I'm not really sure, but um, uh, but their I fans gotta... could not have been nicer. They yeah, they're not odd. like. It was oddly nice. They were like welcoming. They were like safe travels. Literally said that as to me, to me as I was walking out of the stadium. They had a, um, they've got you know just the whole that from that aspect was really good. And I'm sorry, my dog is going crazy. I don't know what he's doing, but um, um, now with that said, they're mm. they're 
Jumbotron and PA system were terrible. Le- legitimately, their Jumbotron looked like back when old hours from 09. 09. Yes. Talk about down bad. Down bad. But but it was a good experience. The weather was good. It's kind of a little warm, but once the sun went down, it was good and the fans were nice. Other than the game, everything was really good. Well, that's – I mean, obviously I was poking fun at them about the open flame and stuff. But, dude, if you – if you don't act a fool and are just cordial and a nice person, like you can have a great time at, at, at an LSU game. Cause they will, they will, Hey, come over here and grab a plate, like get some food, like hang out. Like oh, yeah. they're, they've always been like that. And now, they're, if you start running your mouth in the stadium and Jevin Sneed's dropping dimes left and right, they will throw pee balloons at you. So there is that. They, um, best concessions in the game too, not just from what they serve, but, yeah also how many there are and how much space there is it's incredible i bet they had just for like the three old miss sections in the lower bowl i bet there were eight different places that you could order maybe more food and drink with five or six people standing there with credit card readers ready for you so it was like it was as if they could serve 50 people at a time paying and ordering right then it was yeah, a completely never, different experience logistically than Ole Miss's. I've never felt further away from like the big time than in the concourses at LSU. I mean, I'm being honest with that. Like, we don't have a concourse that nice in the whole stadium. The North End Zone's not even close to that. And I mean, y'all been in the the West Side. It is an absolute nightmare since they since they ruined the South End Zone. And you know, they used to have two concourses in the South End Zone for you know, 15,000 people. Now they've got one for 12,000. So a lot more people, you know, kind of go towards the West side, the West side concourses in Oxford are are a joke. And you can't, you can't, you can't walk around the West side if you're like taller than like six, four. Yeah. Yeah. And much less get something like, I can't imagine being like, Oh, it's halftime. Let me go get a drink or something on the West side. That's a non-starter. Or I guess I'm talking about like the upper, like right by, like right below the suites on the west side like where the elevators are like that like it's so like condensed like it's like claustrophobia in there um Uh, yeah this is a whole different ball game in lsu and it just wait it it just shows how far apart we are wait so ben is it surpassed um knoxville from last year oh wait did you get petro's chili at that game um yes and so the jambalaya at LSU is really close to Petro's Chili at a ball game? That's so aggressive. Well, dude, uh, well, it was, I mean, well, dude, it was cold. Pretty cold, yeah. I know, I mean, you it's not a cold issue. It's a, other, it's a having other to use the bathroom of, issue. Well, I mean, jambalaya is the same way. Like, well, it, it, fair. Come on. Built, and, different. And, built different, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> built different. I was about to say, take an emodium if you have to. But, um, Sheesh. Um, <laughs> some of us like to do that at a ball game. I'm kidding. Um, we, uh, I will say oh, this, not they, they, they have a no God, Tennessee, like that one specific concession stand to their way. Fans are terrible, very short ceiling. It's like claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awful. One little part, one person holding a credit card machine. If it works LSU. So when you walk into the gates right there for the away section, I, I bet there is 60 yards between that gate and the concession stand. That's yeah. how much yeah. there. Oh, Damn. don't forget the best part was they give out free programs. And I don't mean like a free like little pamphlet. 
I'm talking the ones y'all used to get growing up, probably like you know, yeah, five dollars. Walk it to the game, yeah, free, free, just at the well, gate. We, they just handed you at the gate. Gave it to everybody. Like we walked up, they're like, "Do y'all want a program?" I was like, "How much is it?" They said free. It's like what? So yeah, we don't. Almost doesn't even sell programs anymore, do they? No, Mm-mm. I haven't seen one. No, we bought them. one they every single game, dude. I read it every single game for like yeah. twenty years. Yeah, they sell yeah. them. They sell them yellow schedules though. That's right. I tell you what, um, Austin, were you gonna say something? Ago? I thought you tried to interject, and I was just gonna say, I there were also like empty seats on television too. At, 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 it was it was not a packed house. Yeah, that was no wild. the whole game. Well, but I don't know that's... if y'all noticed. Other than 2019, they have had empty seats on empty seats for years now. I don't. So it's they, almost like an MSU baseball thing. They they camouflage so it or something with bench backs. <laughs> They camouflage it with bench backs on the home and away side. Like if you sit on the sideline at LSU, it's a solid bench all the way down back, bench back. So you can't really tell as easy as just like an open white bleacher, silver bleacher. This is yellow bench back, and it camouflages how little the crowd actually is, at least on those in those areas. Now their standing section was five percent empty on the on the sidelines or more at its fullest during that game. Yeah, probably. Well, probably. I'll 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 bring it back home here and we'll we'll come full circle because I we're we're kind of building to the point that I had with what Austin said about the empty seats and how Ben was saying how cordial everyone was. I legitimately think going into that game that LSU was not expecting to win. And I think that there was a lot of nervous energy in that stadium before things 100%, went, went around. And and I think they even got worse off when we went up 17 to three. I think they like felt lucky. I mean, then they boat raced us. I mean, we'll talk about it, but you know, we go up 17 to three and the place was pretty much quiet. I mean, they were, they were going to be dead to rights if Ole Miss could score one more time. I mean, they would have likely laid down, but you know, if end up Ole Miss had scored again, 42 to three going forward. If Ole Miss so. had scored again, I really truly think some people were headed for the exits. I know that's crazy, but no, I, that's, I, yeah. I, I kind of thought that, I, and then yeah. obviously, I said that. you know, the game totally flipped. I said that on Sunday or Monday, where I thought the game completely changed when Ole Miss forced the field goal. They missed it. They got the short field. They get down there and tried to steal yards when the clock was running down in the first quarter, and they get stuffed on a quarterback counter and they have to kick a field goal. I think if Ole Miss scored there and went up twenty-one-three, it's a completely different game. Because I think at that point, LSU was forced to have to really throw it. And Jane Daniels had to, you know, actually throw and be a quarterback and not just take off and run every other play. So, so yeah. Nick and I were so frustrated during that, that drive because Ole Miss, you know, they passed, they passed the ball so well on the first two drives, um, go up 14 nothing or 14-3, whatever it is. Ole Miss gets the ball back, drives right back down the field. I mean, right back down the field. You get down into the – you're on like the, I don't know, 15-yard line. I couldn't tell because the opposite end of us, and that's, that's where I'm getting at. Clock, we instead of just letting the game clock run out and get to the second quarter, up 14 to nothing or 14 to three, Ole Miss yeah. hurries up to the line, snaps the ball with two seconds left on the play clock, gets stuffed, and has to kick a field. I mean, right in front of their student section, like, let the clock run out. Come down – to the quieter end in front of us where we are score a touchdown in front of your fans and then go up 21 to three 
rather than and really I wonder if it's a different ball game. I really do. I do. Like the whole time we're hurrying up, we're like, just let the clock run out. Like get to the second quarter. I mean, also yeah. you regroup in the second quarter at it's going to be third down. Let's talk about a play instead of just hurry up to the line of scrimmage. Or and let's call two plays. Or, yeah, like if they're in this formation set up here, if they're like this, like let's look at our personnel. Oh, hey, let's let's bring in Bentley. Like there's things that can happen in that three-minute, 30-second end of quarter TV timeout that you can talk about. I mean, not everybody is such a savant that they can make an equally good call in 15 seconds that would that three minutes and 30 seconds may provide them. It's, that's that's my my analysis of that. I, I don't know. I really don't know that Ole Miss wins the game either way because, like I said, LSU boat raced Ole Miss from that point forward. But you just any, – any little momentum shift counts. I mean, in the third quarter, Ole Miss comes out, stops LSU – gets the ball up 2017, drops a third down pass. Casey Kelly does. Well, we could talk about if the ball is bonded, but that's a first down. Punt right back to – I mean, LSU's body language after that first stop in the second half was not good. I mean, Jaden Daniels was Mm -hmm. not good. Like, they were loafing back to the sideline. Ole Miss comes back. It's like, okay, let's go score here, go 27-17. Then they – LSU suddenly has to press rather than – they take the lead 24-20, and, and then they extend it because it appears to me that they play better from ahead than from behind. I mean, most teams do, but they're built more to lead. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, I, there were a lot of, of quirky shifts in the game like that for me. Um, but, again, I mean, that's not to take away the fact that Ole Miss tackled extremely poorly, um, was hurt in a lot of key positions, it's very clear that we do miss um, Trig to an extent. Um, it's you know we really do need a healthy Zach Evans, um, and we've got to get some guys open at receiver. I mean, I thought I thought my my analysis of the game would be I thought Jackson Dart played pretty good. I, I do think that he underthrew the ball on that interception in the end zone, but they absolutely interfered with Heath or Battle or whoever that was. Who whoever yeah, was, I guess it was. Who yeah. was it? It was Heath. Heath. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely interfered with him. And from our angle, it looked way worse than it did on TV. But I thought, like, from a quarterback standpoint, we played pretty good. Judkins ended up having, like, 125 yards rushing. It's not on him. But LSU just kind of whipped us up front. We didn't make any adjustments on defense in a, on one drive, especially there early in the second half. LSU kind of started going, hurry up. We couldn't get lined up. Like, call timeout before you just allow them to run 18 yards off tackle because you're not lined up. I mean, that is – that's a – you know, you can get away with crap like that when you play a bad Auburn team or Vanderbilt, but LSU, one-loss LSU, who's playing good now at home, you can't get away with not being lined up correctly. Yeah. I thought, you know, we we talked about the, the blown scoring chance there. And I'm with Nick, like, let it go to the second quarter and, yeah, drop two plays because you have, you know, it was third and five, so you can still get a first down. I mean, knowing Kiffin, yeah, run a play to get you close to the to the marker and then go for it if it's fourth and one or fourth and two to really try to put it away early. But I thought that Jaden Daniels had two throws in the first half that should have been picked off. The touchdown, obviously, that was underthrown by 15 yards. So Ole terrible. Miss, 
So this, terrible. I mean, AJ Finley didn't know where, that. Did, yeah, didn't know where it was. And then the other DB, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Didn't turn around. And then earlier in the game, when Igbenosin interfered, all he had to do was turn around and you just pick it off. And now I, that's got to be communication with the other guys. They got to be telling him, you know, ball, ball, ball. Um, because the way he interfered and reacted, he had no idea where the ball was. Um, I but, think it was Igbenosin on the on the other one too with Finley, where okay. again they, they both weren't that's... able to find the ball. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's right. Um, so yeah, a lot of missed opportunities. Um no, I, I'm with I'm with Ben. I thought Dart played really well, all things considered, when he was just getting hit every single play. Um I I think he's gotten extremely better at the intermediate passing game. I mean, those deep crossing routes, those over routes to Malik Heath are just I mean, just daggers on like third and long. I mean, completing and getting first downs on those are backbreaking to defenses, and they've still been able to do that regardless of how the game's going. They've done it all year. Um, I mean, I think I speak for everyone that Malik Heath has exceeded my expectations. I think he's exceeded everyone's. Um, He's been playing extremely well. Um, But, yeah, outside of a couple – couple misses early with some deep shots and then some unfortunate flags here and there. Um, I mean, I think LSU just whipped them pretty much. I mean, just point blank. It was it, the the switch went on and Ole Miss couldn't respond. And, yeah, not having Zach Evans was, was a big part of it because um, as good as Judkins is, he's a true freshman, hard to do that all by yourself. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I think – Another thing outside of the defense, obviously struggling and not tackling and getting gashed. I mean, outside of Malik Heath, like some other guys have got to step up. I mean, Mingo will pop yeah. here and there and make some big plays. And yeah, no, don't take anything away from him. He made that big catch early. Um, but I mean, I I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, I don't know if they're just not trying to get him the ball more. Like, I kind of thought that he was gonna be that Laquan Treadwell type guy that gets targeted like 12 times a game and they just try to feed him and just get him into space and let him run after the catch. But maybe it's just he doesn't have time. I, I don't know. I think no Michael Trigg is also big. E- even though he wasn't lighting up the box score, I think not ha- not having a legit tight end receiving threat hurts the offense. No, I think that's absolutely true. I but Let's go back to the defense for just a second. Um, I think there, everybody was frustrated by our failure to adjust and get out of the three-man front and walk our DBs up, you, you you just can't do both. If you're not going to send pressure, if you're not going to play for uh, Dan Lyman, walk the corners up and make Daniels beat you by having the passing game of his life. And instead, we just kind of sat back and we're, we're passive and allowed him to pick us apart. So, I you know, we, we, we weren't in a defense that could stop the run, and we also weren't in a defense where we could come up and defend the intermediate and short pass. So I don't really know what the philosophy was there for us uh, in that game. And look, Partridge is a first-year coordinator. I know he's been in the game a long time. I think he's a bright guy. I think he's going to figure things out. But I've heard this week, you know, people say, well, you can't just adjust to a four-man front mid-game if you haven't practiced or played that. And I, sure, I take the point, but I would just point to the fact that we have played a four-man front this year at times. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty we sure did. we did against Georgia um, Tech. We did against Vandy. We, uh, we did a couple of plays against LSU – because it was in front of – I mean, once they got down to the goal line, I mean, they know right. how to line up. It's not like football yeah. – I mean, 
that's a that's a over like well we can't change from three men to four man front man if yeah. you can't add another lineman out there or just yeah. walk a linebacker up if you are un- incapable of doing that maybe maybe we're asking the wrong questions like yeah. maybe no, look, we're making totally, the wrong observation totally agree with your point I, absolutely i'm just saying assuming that argument is even correct i think right. it's just Agreed. wrong because we have actually done it this year we've all seen it it's not an entirely foreign concept to our defense. So, you know, I don't know what Partridge was thinking. I know he did what he thought was best to give us a chance to win the game. I, granted, sure. I'm just saying, I don't know how many times you have to see it fail and before you make a change. So that was frustrating, no question. And then, as we've said, the second half offensively was equally as frustrating. It's becoming a theme, unfortunately, that in the second half we don't appear to have a counterpunch. And I don't really know what that's about. Um, you know, our first few drives of every game are really sharp, really crisp. I, I, I have to think that those are scripted drives. But we don't seem to have a great counterattack or, or counterpunch when other teams make adjustments coming out of the locker room. That's really disconcerting. Uh, I, I don't know what it's about. I have to think it's not Kiffin, but maybe it is. Maybe there is a larger issue I just hope this week we have an answer because I expect us to jump on a and we seem to jump on everybody out of the gate, but I worry mm-hmm. that, you know, second half um, it's going to be a problem again because it has been in so many games so far this year. And again, I'm really, I, I'm kind of flabbergasted with that. I, I, it's the same dude, just the same. And, and look, Dart to Ben's point earlier, it's not that quarterback play deteriorates or drops off in the second half. That, that's not what's happening. Like Dart remains pretty sharp, you know, he, he didn't let the moment get away from him. He, 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 he was fine. I think he, despite getting knocked around all game, you know, he hung in there, stayed in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield. When he ran, he ran, got tough yards. Um, and again, was getting just absolutely killed on some of those quarterback runs. Uh, so much so that Kiffin said this week, we probably won't do many planned quarterback runs uh, against A&M on Saturday. But, uh, I don't know, just a really frustrating game top to bottom. Um, hard to to swallow the fact that once we stepped up in competition, we didn't seem ready for the moment. Um, but I will say, if you're buying stocks, if you're buying a team's odds and gambling, you want to buy at the bottom, right? That that That's the time to buy. It feels like that was the bottom for Ole Miss, or at least I hope it was. Um I don't think that LSU is 25 points better than us or whatever the final ended up being. Um, we may not have been the seventh best best team in the country, but we were not the team that we showed on Saturday. At least I don't think we we are. So, I don't know. Be interested to see this week what adjustments we make on both sides of the ball. I do think a fair ranking for Ole Miss is somewhere around 12 right now until, yeah. until Ole Miss wins. I mean, and, and honestly – it's still – we're still in year three of Lane Kiffin, year one being COVID, coming off of like five full seasons of not being good. So, you know, it's still like – it. we just got spoiled really quickly because we had Matt Corral and went to the Sugar Bowl so fast and then yeah. followed that up and here we are seven and one. And really, if you talked to us before the year, and I'm sure if we went back and heard our preview show, we probably predicted seven and one after eight games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we even said. I think I said specifically. You know, this team could start out seven and zero and finish nine and three. 
And that's okay. I mean, it's a back-ended, loaded schedule with three away games in SEC West. Lane Kiffin says it best in his press conferences. Those teams prepare, too. Like, they practice, too. They have good players, too. So, like, when you go to LSU and you make a few mistakes or you line up wrong or, you know, you're not ready or you don't make adjustments, they'll make you pay for it. Ole Miss will do that to you. Did it to A&M last year. So, it's not as if, I mean, and, and ran for, like, 350 yards. So, you know, I think that it's – I don't think it's, like, all doom and gloom. I But but I do – I am curious to see how Ole Miss responds this weekend, truly. And I know Nick hasn't given, has not given his thoughts yet on the game, so I'll, I will uh, stay quiet for now. I mean, we're talking about last week's game. I, I don't have much more to add. I mean, that was bad. I've never seen – uh, switch flip like like I saw. I mean, from going up, you know, seventeen three and getting outscored, you know, six touchdowns to a field goal after that. I I, mean, I don't know what to think. I do think though, I guess X A and M. I think that we match up a lot better. I know we're going to get to that, but uh, they don't throw the ball like, or excuse me, they don't run the ball with their quarterback like LSU did. I think their their running back is obviously better than what LSU was putting out there. But I mean, the running back's only doing one thing. He's running the football, and and obviously, it, you know, by definition, it's more one dimensional than what the quarterback's going to do. So I think it's I think it's a really good matchup for Ole Miss, and I, I, yeah. I guess a really talented, you know, fifty six four and five stars with their backs against the wall maybe isn't the most dangerous thing out there. But at the same time, they're just kind of bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get it. They maybe shouldn't have lost to you know USC but for a couple bad plays and it wasn't like USC was really great didn't have a ton of yards on offense but I mean Ben was bad against App State they weren't exactly you know shimmering against Miami they won 17 to 9 off a Miami team that I don't think saw that good um they scored 23 points on the worst defense in the SEC in like five years outside of Vanderbilt and that includes ones coached by you know McGriff they're they're just not great on offense, and I, and I think Ole Miss is we're going to score some points. So I think it's a bounce back week. I I honestly will pick maybe even lock in Ole Miss this week. So great segue to move into this week's game after recapping the first loss of the year. Um, look, I was I was talking with David Brandt on my show earlier in the week. I mean, is Texas A and M's best game? their opening win against Sam Houston. I mean, they played terrible and got a win against Miami, but Miami is terrible. Um, they well, it's a Bama out, loss, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has to be. I mean, they eked out a win against Arkansas, but they should have lost that game. I mean, and you can say what you want, like, oh, well, Ole Miss should have lost Kentucky. Like, okay, well, I, I mean, fair point, but, I mean, they should have lost that game. A&M doesn't have a win on their schedule where they go like 42 nothing against a power five opponent like Ole Miss does against Georgia Tech. Yeah, true. I mean, they got boat raced by Mississippi State. The game against Alabama, I mean, you give them credit, but like that's the that that's like the Jimbo Fisher game where I guarantee you he schemed and watched film on that game all season up into that week. And he did the Dan Mullen thing where he coached just just well enough to to take an L and cover. Um, and then yeah, they lose by six to South Carolina, but South Carolina whipped them. 
Um, I mean, they ran the ball at will and they had a couple, you know, special teams plays, but I mean, their front seven got after them. They didn't have an answer. Um, and yeah, I'm with Nick here. I think that this is the ultimate get right spot, uh, get right spot for Ole Miss right before the bye. You get healthy, you get prepared for Alabama, come back home, big crowd. Um, if it's not the two thirty game, I think it's going to be a night game. Um, so you you obviously have that to play for. I mean, if you're eight and one going into that Bama game, and if Alabama beats LSU the week before, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, you're playing with all the house money, and everything is on the line. I mean, that's all. That's what you play for. That's what you go to an SEC school to do. That's what you go to Ole Miss to do. That's what Lane Kiffin and them have been building towards is they want to be an SEC West contender, and everything's on the table there. Um, I mean, A&M's got just – they so much is going on in College Station right now. You've just – the they're, you know, fifth in the SEC West. They're three and four overall. They've got players getting suspended indefinitely. There are rumors of they're having to have one-on-one meetings with players to keep them from quitting or getting into the portal. Um you know, we still don't know what the deal is with Haynes King. Is he going to be healthy? Is he, is he going to be good to go? There's just a lot going on, and I, I feel like this is a game where this team is just waiting for the knockout punch and just waiting to quit. And I think that looking back at Lane Kiffin Ole Miss teams and after they've gotten popped, they've come back and responded. And I think that this is going to be similar to last year, hopefully not score-wise, but Ole Miss got popped by Alabama, and they came back and won a, a huge game against Arkansas. I think that this is a great spot for Ole Miss. I think it's a great matchup for Ole Miss. They get a win and get into the bye week and get ready for Alabama. All right. I'm uh, – I'm about to say, who wants phone. to be the wet blanket here? Because <laughs> – Yeah. Go ahead. You, you so, start it. I, I'm concerned about two things. Uh one being, can't can we stop the run? Period. I I don't know that we can. We didn't stop the run against Auburn, who has great backs. We didn't stop the run against LSU, who has far lesser backs than Auburn and AM. Chain is one of the best in the SEC. But as somebody has already mentioned, um AM doesn't have the dual threat quarterback that gave us fits against Auburn and LSU. So maybe maybe I should be less concerned about us stopping the run, but I, I'm just not so sure. The other thing here is that A&M is really banged up on the offensive line. Now, they're still super talented, but they're definitely deep into their bench now. They're playing some young guys. Uh, so maybe it's a better matchup for our front, but after I saw what I saw last week, and even late in the game against Auburn, I'm just really concerned that A&M is going to line up and road grade us, and I don't know that we're going to have an answer for it. Um, any more they, than they did last week. Now they are down then, three starting linemen. Yeah, right. Which is obviously that 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 eases my concern some. But look, Auburn was down starters too, and when they decided late in the second half to just line up and run the ball, they pretty much did it at will. Now that was a funky game with lightning delay, and we raced out to the early lead and kind of took our foot off the gas. But I'm just saying, Auburn ran the ball when they decided they wanted to run. They did. Um, the other thing here is I think A&M can stop the run, and that's what we do well. That's what we hang our hat on. 
particularly in a road environment, a really hostile road environment, I expect Kiffin and company to lean on our backs or at least try to. And A&M's front is pretty nasty. Now, they're young, but they're blue-chip guys. They got blue-chip guys all over the roster. That's the other thing here. It's a shit show right now in College Station. You know, if Jimbo didn't have this ludicrous contract, he would have already been fired. By the way, imagine being an athletic director where Matt Luke's contract is the second worst you ever negotiated. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, he would have been gone, but for the contract at this point. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, that, that certainly plays – could potentially – you know, work in our favor, or it could be a backs against the wall, you know, rally the troops situation. I don't know. I don't know how the team feels about Jimbo. I, it's hard to engage in that type of mind reading. I just don't know what the locker room is like. This. Well, you have to think some of those dudes are considering transferring. On the other hand, if they really are bought and paid for like we think they are with NIL, some of those dudes may be willing to stick around just for the money. And if you're there, you might as well play, right? So I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how to gauge that or how to handicap that. I just think fundamentally it comes down to the run game on both sides of the ball. Can we run? Can we stop their run? And and vice versa. Are they going to stop us, and can they run on us? What I've seen for the past two games is not encouraging. Now, I think we've got the better quarterback. I think we've got the better head coach. I think we've got the better receivers. The environment, I think, will be pretty spicy. But I'm also, you know, I don't think it will be a full house because I think some of their fans are starting to – be at the end of the rope with, with Jimbo, like as they should be. But I, I you know, even at eighty percent capacity, was that eighty thousand people? I mean, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be a pretty routed crowd. Now, if we go up early, the crowd could turn on A and M. You know, there could the boo birds could be out. Um, it could happen. I just uh, do they I don't know boo? what to hang my hat on. Do they here. boo at Texas A&M or do they do some weird like snap thing? Oh, I'm sure it's some, yeah. I'm sure some dude in 1918 did something like awful and now they decide to mock that for the, the rest they of the time. They play kazoos, dude, instead of booing. Yeah. Uh, I bust um, out the bubbles. They, uh, so that's my thought. I, I'm, I'm concerned that we're going to have the, uh, reputation, and, and I'm talking about among fan bases, among in locker rooms, coaching staffs, that we are the team that will jump up on you 21 to nothing. But mm-hmm. you're if if I'm a post coach, I'm like, look, if they do that, don't don't lay down, because look at this game. Kentucky comes back and ties it up, or close. Look at this game. LSU comes back and beats them 42 to three. Look at this game. Auburn comes back and ties them up. Like, or, you know, gets in the game. Like, they're going to let you back in it. Just stick around. Like, don't be phased if they go up two or three scores. That that part of that concerns me. Um, or that just – we just it, – it's becoming more than a pattern. I mean, it's kind of becoming who we are. Is is what well, also you said it best. I don't know if it's because it's scripted. I don't really know if, it, if it's lack of adjustments at halftime or if it's lack of depth. And we're just – mm-hmm. I don't know that depth should be that big of a concern on offense. Um, I don't know what it is. But but Ole Miss, it's like best first quarter team in the country. I can't remember. We we uh, calculated the um, the first quarter different point differentials mm-hmm. earlier this week and something like 101 to 27 in the first quarter mm-hmm. Ole Miss is in games this year, 20, 101, 24, something like that. And then – 
in the second half or the third quarter or fourth quarter, it was way negative. 101 to 26 first quarter difference. Yeah. And um, so about this game, I don't really know. I mean, I, I hear what y'all are saying that A&M's quote, not good, but let's talk about, let's talk about their game last week. And yeah, transit property, all that. If we played South Carolina in Columbia right now, who's favored? Ole Miss, I'd say three and Probably a half. not much different than this line. Yeah, three and a half. Four. Yeah, about three. Okay, all right. So, so South Carolina, they they race out seventeen nothing against A and M at the nine fifty one mark in the first quarter. So, in five minutes of football, they race out seventeen nothing because they won, return the opening kickback, then mm-hmm. they pick Sixton back to like the. 10 yard line or five yard or not pick two, but intercept and ran it back to like five or 10 and kicked a 23 yard field goal. And then they, I think their uh, AM quarterback was walking up to the line of scrimmage. The center snaps it in the air, hits him in the chest because he's not expecting the snap. South Carolina recovers it and drives down and scores again. So they didn't have, they had no offensive output at all and were up 17 nothing on AM. The final score was South Carolina third. So South Carolina really. Had thirteen generated 13, 13 points on offense, and to A and M's twenty four. I say that to say, I don't, I don't look at that and say, oh, A and M has quit. Like I, that's a, that's a score that, in my eyes, if they play that game again, A and M very well could win it. And I know it's not fair to South Carolina's offense say, well, I mean, of course, I want Ole Miss to run every kickback, but that, I mean, how many times does that happen in a year? Once. Like, yeah, do you right. run one kickback a year or one punt back a year? I mean, it's special teams are probably the difference in one or two games every season. It very well could have been in this game. It looks like AM beat them every single place with the scoreboard. And I know that's just one game, but it's the most recent game. I mean, they held South Carolina to 286 total yards. So they're not awful in defense. I mean, even if South Carolina is terrible on offense, 286 is so low. And it would be one thing if this were like, the only game, but the week before or two weeks before they played Alabama 24, 20 and we all watched it and everybody knows who should be, who should have won that game. I mean, it's it. So yes, they are playing quote bad because they got blown out by Mississippi state, but they beat Arkansas. They beat, I mean, they've got, they've got a couple of bad games on their schedule, but I, I mean, everybody talks about how big of a dumpster fire is. I think that's only because everybody expected AM to be a top five team. But instead, it's like they're three and four and very dangerous because you expect them to be poor or play bad. And, yes, we are favored on the road, and Ole Miss should win the game. But it's not like they're like – it's not like you're going to play somebody who you have more talent than you're not. I mean, they're, even they're one like, of the top three – the top three talented team in the SEC. Like, yeah, I, I think – like Bama, Georgia, top A&M. five roster. Mm-hmm. I, not to put words in his mouth, but I think he said something like that. I mean – yeah, they've got like a top three or five roster in the country. And so uh, it, it's just going to be a tall task. Like Austin said to me, you go in there, it's crowdy, routed, or uh, a big crowd, rowdy, all that kind of stuff. And, <clears throat> you know, you're coming on. And also, I mean, think of the body blow. This is the last game of a stretch of several. I mean, we went Kentucky, they're physical, at Vandy, hit us in the mouth. Auburn hit us in the mouth, had to go to LSU. These are all back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks. Now you finish it off with a road trip to College Station. I mean, it's a it's a tough 
it's a tall order in my and, opinion. And you touched touched on it briefly earlier, Ben. I think it sounds like everybody's going to play except Trig, but we're really banged up. I mean, we've got walking wounded back there, and I appreciate that they're going to try to play. They're gutting it out. That's awesome. But like when you have dudes who let's just put it like this, we there are some guys that we we're playing that are not all SEC guys, right? They're not they're not elite players. Those dudes at eighty percent in some cases. It's just not encouraging. Like I appreciate they're giving all they're all for Ole Miss. I hope they have all have incredible games. But I just worry that when you don't have a top tier player and then you get that that guy at seventy five percent and then his backup has to play some and he couldn't beat that other guy out. I don't know, man. I just Yeah. I know. You know, you're exactly right. And and so and you you said this earlier. So, um, and then we'll get to who we pick. And I think I'm going to end up picking Ole Miss to win. But I mean, I'm very, very skeptical of this game. I didn't think LSU was a bad matchup, and thought that LSU, frankly, wasn't that good. And the way that they handled this, and the and I know they have a lot of talent too. But A and M absolutely has as much talent as LSU does, and LSU handled us in the second half. I mean, that, there's no question that you know once it got to ten points or 31-20 or whatever, and I'll, I'll get off that game, that Ole Miss was in trouble. So, but back to A&M, Austin, you made a point earlier about the Auburn game where they, when they decided to run, they ran all over us and they were banged up on the line. Auburn's backup linemen are not as are not going to be blue-chippy like A&M's. No. And no, so no, no. Their, their backup linemen are going to be like Ole Miss's backup linemen. I mean, mm-hmm. similar program type, similar player. A&M's very, very blue-chippy right now. They've got – Depth. They had I'm the best class of all time last year. They signed the yeah. best recruiting class in the history of recruiting last yes. year. So when they say, well, we got some guy who's not ever played before, he's 18 years old, I'm like, yeah, but he could be Laramie Tunsil over there. Yeah, that is an NFL player, yeah. And so, you know, that's he would be starting at Ole Miss <laughs> right now, and we run the ball for like 400 yards a game or 350. So, um, anyway, I say I would say I, I'm. It's it is a concerning game for me. I'm encouraged with how Dart handled the road environment in LSU. I, mm-hmm. I, I gave a, threw a little shade out of it. It's not that loud. It is a rowdy place, and they have rowdy students. It's a fun place to go play, but he handled it well. The, the moment was not too big for him. He tucked mm-hmm. it and ran when he should have. He made good throws on the deep crossing routes when he should have. That's encouraging, and that's why I think Ole Miss is ultimately going to win. But I'm, I'm going to say it's one point, so I'll hedge on the cover to A&M, and I'll say Ole Miss wins 28-27 and one-point win. But um, no field goals or maybe two field goals in a a two-point conversion or something, but I'm going to go 28-27 Ole Miss, and that is about as negative as you'll ever hear me about Ole Miss. But really, I just – it's concerning to me that – y'all talked about – and and then I'll I'll shut up. I know I've been long-winded. Y'all talked about how LSU has an athletic quarterback. That's kind of how, why they had success. I mean, the three-man front is, is to me, is at, at least as concerning against a strong running back as A-Chain, if not more than mm-hmm. the, the dual-threat quarterback. I mean, when you run a three-man front, you should have spies and guys in the flat all over the – I mean, there should be no area for Jaden Daniels to run. When you've got a three-man front – and A-chain's back there, you hand it off like draws, run right at them. I mean, that's how how I would attack Ole Miss defenses. I would run straight up the gut. I would run 
whichever side the nose is not shaded, I'll run to that other side because there's two linemen there between that and the outside uh, or in the defensive end. And then like that picture that everybody was talking about on the internet or on Twitter with Kyrie Coleman sitting there, it's like, okay, you've got him and Jared Ivy and on the other shaded on the other side of the center is Pegues. So you've got Ivy and Coleman against three offensive linemen. I mean, good luck. Like yeah. that's and, and that's look, hard. it wouldn't matter in that scenario. It's nothing against Coleman. Coleman could have been Patrick Willis. What was he going to do? With yeah, that yeah. I mean, I'm not picking on Kyrie Coleman, like no, or or Jared Ivy. Frankly, like I think they're both great players. But you got to put your guys in a in a position to succeed. I mean, if I put four DBs on AJ Brown, he's probably not catching the ball. 28-27 Ole Miss. I don't like the pick, but I'm I'm going to go with it. <clears throat> do I need to? Do I need to send you a link to Google Maps for some churches in Oxford? I'm not scared. I picked them to win. By one? Like, come on. Like, I don't know. Dude, if you're not, I think you're not a little concerned. I just, like, did you watch the LSU game? I mean, if it was literally anyone else, I would be. But I, I think this is as simple as who has something to play for and who doesn't. And, I know that that's not always the case. I know guys will go out and play. But I just find it really hard to believe that that locker room is going to go play for Jimbo Fisher and fight in this game. Now, if Ole Miss comes out and sputters and, and gets off to a bad start, then, hey, it's it's off to the races. It's, it's, it's up for grabs. But as good as Ole Miss has been in the first quarter, I mean, I feel like this is an A&M team that's just going to lie down. I mean – this is a this is a team that is, I mean, nefarious activity is going on in the locker room before the game, not after practice, not on the not on a bye week. I mean, this is like, I mean, the rumor is smoking weed in the locker room before the game. Like, I, I mean, this is some Mark Rick type stuff of like losing control of the program. I mean, I. I I don't know. And 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 look, and, and I'm not saying like I mean Ben could be absolutely right and it's a nail biter and Ole Miss wins. But I also kind of revert back to kind of the two like cornerstones of like picking games and 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 not necessarily handicapping, but just looking at okay, who am I picking? The line of scrimmage is a wash. I, Ole Miss at times has had a good pass rush. They certainly didn't last week, but I also look at the quarterback position. More times than not, the team with the better quarterback is going to win, and I think right now Ole Miss has the better quarterback because we don't even know who's playing quarterback for A&M. And if it's Haynes King, it's a true freshman. And if it's not him, it's another freshman because I, Max Johnson's out, right? I mean, he was in street clothes for the South Carolina game. So I I don't know. I, I, think, I think this is a game that, that Kiffin has had circled because of DJ Durkin and because of just all the – stuff with Jimbo and just how flamboyant and out there he's been about the NIL stuff and how he doubled down. And when he could have just said, we're just doing what, what, what everybody else is doing. Like, I don't know why he didn't just do that. I mean, he's just doing what's, you know, technically he's just going by the, by the rules and just going out and promising NIL deals to players to get them to come there. But I just, I don't know. I mean, is Devin A. Chang going to be fired up to play this game? Right. 
if I'm him, like, why are you fired up to play this game? I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm being too biased here. I know this is an Ole Miss podcast, but I mean, this is a seven and one Ole Miss team that still has a chance, an outside shot at the SEC West, going up against an A and M team that is just dead in the water, and you've got half the locker room trying to quit apparently. So. Maybe the recipe for success there in College Station is an Ole Miss defense that refuses to adjust and is going to get run all over. I could be completely wrong here. I, I, I think this is Lane Kiffin's opportunity to make a statement in year three to really say, like, yeah, we got whipped last week, but, but we're not out. And I think that – I think this is a game for Jackson Dart to to really – showcase his maturation in the offense and showcase that that he's growing as a passer and i mean i know chuck roundsville reported earlier this week that everyone outside of trig is going to play we don't know how effective they're going to be but that's at least better than not having anyone um because i think even if you get zach evans for you know 10 carries that's going to be big and i don't know i, I think this is a big game for Ole Miss. i think this is this is one that that, that is I, I, that's probably been the message all week. It's like, hey, one loss, like we're we're fine. Let's keep pace and keep going. I mean, it's it's all out there ahead of us at this point. I mean, the entire season, obviously, that's a long, long, long way to go. But I I think they'll bounce back too. I I, I mean, I I sure hope so because that Alabama game is dependent. You know, the two thirty kick maybe dependent on us winning this week. The any outside chance at game day coming, you know, if it's a top 12, 13 matchup, spending on us winning this week. And if we lose two games in a row with Bama coming to town here, I mean, it, it, I feel like things could could kind of derail kind of quickly. Because if you lose to Bama, then you've got another road trip and then you've got, uh, you know, in-state rivalry on five days rest. So losing this game sets up for the rest of the season. And I don't want to say a five-game skid is, pop, is you know, like what's going to happen, but it's certainly possible. At that point, I mean, I don't even want to get into the fact that MSU has East Tennessee State while we're traveling up to Fayetteville, you know, five days before our matchup. So this game, this is huge for the rest of the season. You know, I know we have a bye week and stuff, but it's still still really, really big. So what y'all's pick? Oh, I'd say almost covering. I'd say almost cover. I, I think this is a – I'm going to go – I'm gonna say 3420 Ole Miss. Uh, I am gonna I'm gonna go ahead and if I'm only having to do one and a half, I think Ole Miss is gonna win the game. I don't expect it to be a one point game. I'm locking it in. I'll miss minus one and a half. All right. Love it. Boston, what'd you say? Uh I'll go. I mean, I can't pick against the Rebs. I especially can't pick against the Rebs when you have Kevin Sumlin and Lucchese's on the other sideline. So give me like Rebs 27-23. Yeah. Sounds like a cover. I'll go, I'll go win, but no cover. I didn't realize it was down to one and a half. I was thinking it was at two and a half. Um, but um, either way, give me – I'll say 28-27 Ole Miss. You jerk. 28. If we win 28-27, I'll be upset that I'm not there. That'd be so epic. <laughs> Like win. Were you there for the Shakeback yeah. game? No, I haven't been since the Cody Pruitt. 
interception to pick six game. Oh boy! Oh wow! That's eight years ago. I know it's a Guys, long ways. Ten down there. years since Johnny football played and bought him. It could, well, it could, it could go. It, it could be like that game. I mean, yeah, that was I an mean, a, that was an A and M team that that kind of quit in that game. Let me tell you something. It that was a beat down that fourteen yeah. game. That mm-hmm. it, it's not going to go like that. Yeah, that almost defense was not playing around that year. No, yeah. (laughs) This is not that. (laughs) I think we had two turnovers for touchdowns in that game. Cody Pruitt later. It was off of the Bama win, too, right? Off of the Bama win. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was the game that. Yeah. Yeah. As the kids would say, AM fucked around and found out that night. They did. They did. I hope (laughs) we were right. If we roll into College Station and do that to them, I'm I'm like the conductor of the lane train forever. I already am. I hope the dude never leaves Ole Miss. But that would be, I mean, college game day would be rolling into Oxford in two weeks. I feel, and we'll get to this in a, in a week's time, I'm sure. But if Ole Miss wins, I, I don't. I'm just looking at the schedule. It's a top fifteen matchup. They love talking about Alabama. They'll have not been to an Alabama game in a few weeks. I, I feel. And they love and they know. love Oxford. Yeah, I mean they kind of Grove is a great setting for college game day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, Y'all pretty much everyone when, on that set has said that's their best show ever. Yeah, they especially just, love funny. Oxford when they have game day in Starkville and their whole cast and crew stays in Oxford and then drives down to Starkville the next day <laughs> for game day. They do. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they'll ever go back to Starkville because I'm sure those sound editing and mixing guys quit after that day. Because they quite yeah. literally could not have game day because they were they wouldn't stop ringing the bells. So I don't know yeah. if they'll ever go back. Ring responsibly. Let's do some <laughs> picks and go to the yeah. Let's, let's get in here. Yeah, Ben threw all the cold water on everybody, so we got to get warm. And then, and then ended up picking Ole Miss. Yeah. So real quick, um, I'm, I'm never going to pick. I'm going to pick Ole Miss to beat Alabama. <laughs> Y'all got to understand. All right, so. Last thing on this game, the trends via ESPN. Um, these are these are interesting. Each of the last seven meetings between these two have gone under the total. All three AM home games have gone under the total this season. Ole Miss has gone over the total in three consecutive games. And then Ole Miss is 3-0 against the spread as a road favorite this season, or since the start of last season. Oh, wow. So there you go. There you go. Interesting. I'm still going to take Ole Miss to win, but not cover. <laughs> now, how how dumb right. is that? Right? Like, what are the chances you win by one? I mean, well, so if, little. You, if you if you did take Texas a and you can't get it at two and a half. There is like a middle there, which is, I mean, you know, in, far more likely, I suppose, than almost winning by one. Yeah. Because you can win, you know, 23, 21 or something like that. That's a, that's a more normal score. I'm not locking it in, so all I have to do is say Ole Miss wins. So, All right. Uh, what, first, is the, what is the total in this game? Do, you, do y'all have it? I see it 55 and a half. 55, yep. I said 28, 27, didn't even know. So that's right on it. Wow. There you go. Being the capper. Not not to not <laughs> to brag. Um. Y'all, y'all want me to uh, throw out a lock? Go ahead. Yeah, fire away. What can y'all get me on um, 
Auburn, Arkansas. Ooh. Oh, boy. Three and a half? <laughs> yeah, three and a half. Arkansas favorite three and a half at Auburn? Yeah. Yes. All right. Give me the – You want the um, Tigers. That is exactly who I want. I knew oh, it. I knew it. God. That's such a big yeah. pick. <laughs> Look, Auburn – can I that, get it that's, four? That, that's someone chasing first place right there. <laughs> no, I see only three and a half. I'm, I am in. I am in first. Um, so, is KJ Jefferson healthy? Who knows? Like, even if he does play, how healthy is he? I like right. – um, Auburn gives up a lot of uh, yards on the ground, but part of that's because they've had to play Ole Miss. Um, but I do think um, – and who did Auburn play last week? Anybody remember? They were open, right? They um, were wow. open. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. So, they've had two weeks to get right. – this is going to be a get-right game for them. Uh, coming <laughs> off the, the – they, they did not quit against uh, – that we thought they would. And Arkansas is – Really not great. Their defense is really bad, frankly. Um, yeah. I think Auburn wins this game um, outright, frankly. Uh, at home, they've had two weeks uh, with the with the bye week. I don't – again, I don't know how healthy K.J. Jefferson is, but I, I know that this is not the year that Arkansas expected. And so, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all this. Arkansas on the year – if they allow 160 or more rushing yards, and I think Auburn found something in Oxford. Now, I know that we can be the element. We talked about that for, for teams or whatever. But they found something on the ground with Tang Bigsby, and they had some things go in there, ran for 305 yards, whatever. If Arkansas gives up 160 or more rushing yards, they are 0-3 on the season. And so I think that Auburn is going to run the football and run the football and run the football and and I think it's going to be low scoring, and they're going to beat Arkansas something like twenty one to or no twenty five twenty something like that. So give me the Tigers, lock that in plus four and a half, three and a half, whatever you got. Ooh. Yep. Now that oh, right I like there, it, man. Yeah, good. I like. Good I think leader. I think Auburn's roster is probably still more talented than Arkansas's roster. He's hundred percent. Yes. So, and I mean, I love it if for no other reason that it would just be hilarious. It'd be hilarious to watch Arkansas lose. And also, it would be hilarious to watch Auburn win when their fans, all they want is for Harson to lose out so they feel better about firing his ass. So, it's, it'd be so funny to me if somehow they managed to win out this year. I mean, it's not going to happen, but it'd be hilarious. I mean, okay. So, let's say they finish even four and one with a loss to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, what are what are they then seven and five? Are they going to fire them? They probably will. But yeah, they will. But it makes them look all the more crazy, though. You know, I, I think it makes them potentially get uh, le- lesser candidates, maybe in their coaching search. I don't know. I guess money talks, but um, I think anything that ultimately puts Auburn and Arkansas in worse position, I'm all for. And an Auburn win here accomplishes both. Mm-hmm. So, like Arkansas is just bad on defense. Auburn runs a foot. I mean has good running backs. I, I don't I don't want to go as far as say they run the football well. I mean, where does where does Arkansas overpower Auburn? Anywhere on the field. Like name one matchup where they overpower them. Uh, KJ is a quarterback, but he's still limited. If yeah. Jefferson's healthy, yeah. I would think yeah. Jefferson, that's it. Yeah. I don't hate I mean I don't hate the pick. I just the total is 62. 
putting confidence in Auburn is risky, but oh yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. Um, it's college football, man, and this year we're like fifteen games below five hundred. So I'm gonna start doing the opposite of what I, of what I think. Hey, you know, look, man, I mean, it's a, it's an SEC West road game too. I mean, who the hell is Arkansas ought to be laying points on the road to anybody else in the West? I mean, I yeah, laid the points is, at Auburn, true. dude. Yeah, the like, bottom of the barrel. But I, I think they said this is the, the last time Auburn was a road. I mean, it was a home dog to Arkansas was like 96 or something. Like Clint yeah. Sterner days. I mean, it's like pre Houston Nut. Come on. Oh, talking... yeah. That's that's forever ago. That's pre Coverville. We're talking Jordan Hare. We're talking Skybar. We're talking Acre, baby. I mean, this is Auburn. <laughs> but, but really, the weird stuff always happens at Auburn. I'm not, you know, that's not a reason to put money on Auburn. But think about all the crazy stuff over the years, the weird bounces and calls they get. It's just hard to lay points on the road with a team like Arkansas, who has a very leaky defense, a potentially banged up quarterback. I, I, I'm with you, Ben. I think it's Auburn or nothing. Yeah, it is All the right. 11 a.m. kick, the dreaded 11 a.m. But I feel like Auburn's is good in that spot. Go ahead. All right, I'm jumping in here. Uh, I believe now the wrong team is favored. I do see it plus one Cincinnati. I'm taking the Bearcats to put the clamps down on Piano Man and uh, the astronauts at UCF. I think that Cincinnati yeah, is going to hand them an L. I, plus one, Nick, is that what we got? Uh, let's see. Cincinnati. Uh, I'm seeing UCF plus minus twos. one. Yeah, but I'm taking yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, UCF minus one, Cincinnati plus one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'll take yeah, yeah, plus one. Cincinnati plus one. Yeah, I mean, I, Fickle's going to have some stuff cooked up for, for Plumlee, and Gus Melzon loves slamming his head into a wall. Um, so I'm going to take the better coach and the better defensive mind. Even though it's in the bounce house, I still think Cincinnati gets it done, which Cincinnati, oh, by the way, is quietly number 20 in the country. And uh, they're winning some games now. So they're six and one. The one loss to Arkansas to open the year, they've quietly run six straight. So I like the Bearcats. I don't I don't hate that pick at all, honestly. Yeah. Three and oh against the spread when the line's between three and plus three, minus three and plus three since twenty nineteen. Cincinnati's probably gonna be the closest thing to an SEC defense that Plumley's played against this year. Oh yeah. Pickle will have them boys ready for sure. Mm-hmm. And UCF off a weird loss on the road at ECU, right? Oh, mm. that's right. Yeah, that's dude, a, Mike, that's a dude head scratcher. Mike Houston ain't playing over there. Yeah, I've got. So, I mean, I get that that's a weird trip, go, but I'll go. I'll throw one on. Uh, I hate laying a big number on the road this time of year, late in the season like this, because a lot of teams are just trying to pack it in and get the season over with, get it finished. I just still I, – I don't see how you get to this number in this game. I'm going USC, Arizona, laying to 15-and-a-half with the Trojans. Such Somebody's a big gonna number. Have to, it's, a, it's a huge number on the road. It is. Arizona, though, is one of the bottom ten teams in the country. Oh, the power five, they're among the, the five worst teams in the country. They but, suck. USC is off a bye here. I think Arizona may be too. But let me read you some scores that Arizona has given up this year. Against Cal, Arizona gave up 49 points. Against Oregon, Arizona gave up 
49 points. Against Washington, how many points do you think Arizona gave up? 49 Ooh, points. Dope. So do we think USC is going to score more or less than Washington, Oregon, and Cal against Arizona? I'm thinking no, this more. more. This yeah. is a yeah, classic, so, classic Lincoln Riley. I'm going to beat you down because I can game. And 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 Zach, they he has to with now he's got a loss on the resume. Oh yeah. If they have any shots of getting into the playoff, he's got to put up a number against everybody from here on out. They have to. So they get into the fifties here. They get 52, 55, whatever. Arizona would have to get thirty eight to cover in that situation. I don't think so. So give me USC lay the big number on the road late in the year. It's I, I would advise against it in most cases. I just can't see Arizona slowing down this offense with USC off the bye with a lot to still play for and uh, a team that's absolutely motivated to hang a number. Mm-hmm. Love that pick. That was on my board. You jerk. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, I'm going against um, a lot of principles here. It's a team that I took the under on earlier in the year. Here we go. When they fa- they had the game of the century against Rutgers, I'm trying to find that that over oh, under. The game of the century against Iowa State it was it was forty and a half, and <laughs> well under. I think this Northwestern team is O for America. Their only win all year is going to be in Dublin against you know the the <laughs> since fired Nebraska head coach. The Northwestern's awful. The line is eleven and a half, mm-hmm. and that is a crazy high number. But it's possible that Iowa doesn't score 11 and a half points. If they do, they're covering that it may be 12 to nothing, four field goals, but I don't think Northwestern's going to score. If they do, uh, a field goal or a touchdown at most for Northwestern. And I think Iowa can get into the mid teens here, as sad as that, that sounds to say. Oh, so you're but laying the points? I'm laying the points with Iowa. Dude, I was laying eleven exactly, exactly eleven here. They're gonna kick three field goals and get a safety. I won't be mad though. Like if if, the, if a game ends eleven nothing, that's a win to me. I was on the right side. Well, I, I just yeah, math. Um, I, I that's a that's a dude. terrible game. Don't watch it. But I think I was gonna win. Northwestern's awful. Oh my! God. I don't know what. Like I know, I know. You know, Fitzgerald had a good thing going kind of there in Northwestern, but. They're really bad this year. They are. Dude, you want to talk about down bad. When I was in Chicago, I, I had a chance to watch the Iowa-Illinois game with an Iowa fan. Oh, man. I, I just wanted to buy that guy drinks all night. Cause I, yeah, dude. Like, hug an Iowa fan. Bush lights. I don't know how you – yeah, with the, <laughs> yeah with, the corn, with the corn can. I don't know how you can be an Iowa fan. Like, it that just seems – I mean, that's like – Ole Miss 2011 times a thousand. But okay, so and I may be telling this to you guys that y'all are like, oh yeah, we we knew this of course. But so to get around nepotism laws in the state of Iowa, uh, Kirk Ferentz had to Dude, go to this is his athletic director and and say, well, I mean, pretty much the AD quote unquote went to him and said, hey, I think you should hack your son, uh, but I'll be his his boss, not you. So it's to say that you didn't hire him and you won't be a net nepotism law. So, so the actual boss of the defense or excuse me, of the offensive coordinator for Iowa is the athletic director, not the head coach, which 
I mean, is is the dumbest thing. I, I don't know how it would send up to any sort of like scrutiny if someone actually challenged it because like what on a Saturday if they have yeah. you know like calls that go against each other do they have the ad also on the line so he can determine who who whose call gets to be you know actually used in the game it's absurd what the Ferens family has done to to Iowa is ridiculous at this point and the fact that they're not gonna fire Brian I, I mean at some point he's a, he's a grown man Kirk needs to sit him down and, and say like I, you know I get it we're family but it's clear it's not working. I can either retire or you can go to a different job. It's your choice. And and that, that he won't do that because of – I don't understand it. But I, I mean, I feel bad for Iowa. This is ridiculous. But it's just such a stupid, stupid, quirky college football thing. Yeah, it would suck tremendously to be that bad on offense. But it's even worse when you're boring too. You know, like oh, if, you're yeah. losing, if you're losing games 55 to 50, all right. Losing sucks no matter what, but at least you got you felt like you got your money's worth. Losing games like six to seventeen, yeah, this is gonna be awful. Which they really did that this year. Yeah, yeah. No, that's painful. <clears throat> All right, um, I'm gonna jump in here with another one. I feel like this is a little risky, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna go with. The uh, the chickens in Myrtle Beach. I'm riding with Grayson McCall on the road in Huntington. And I'm taking the roosters in Coastal Carolina plus two and a half. Wait, who are they playing? Coastal. Against Marshall, if you weren't picking up what I was putting down. In Huntington, West Virginia. All right. Plus two there, yeah. <sighs> two... I'm only seeing two and a half. Nick, am I missing anything? So let's look up Marshall. Is yeah, I'm seeing two and a half. What what is, everything's is Marshall two and a half. Completely defeated against FBS opponents, not named Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah that's their so. only win. <laughs> it's them and uh them and um Sanford. Yes. Uh go trees. Um yeah, I Coastal is, uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, I kind of forgot Grace McCall was there. I mean, he had that, you know, the big breakout season when they were undefeated and they beat BYU in the big game. And, I mean, they're quietly 6-1. and one. They did take an L last week to ODU, which was uh, which was a real tough scene because um, ODU's been, been, been kind of bad lately. Um, but yeah, Marshall outside of the the win over Notre Dame has kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Um, lost to Louisiana, lost to Troy, lost to Bowling Green. Um, they did beat Gardner Webb, and they did beat James Madison. But I, I like. I was to say it's a risky pick to me. I mean, yeah, James no Madison, quite well, like good. Marshall, I kind of feel. Marshall. I kind of feel like this this line stinks, and that that you're taking it tells me like you're a shark. You you know something that, that Vegas and, and I, you know Vegas knows. Yeah. I don't know that. Like yes. this seems like too good to be true. To be honest, Mar- just Marshall yes. just minus two and a half. I if I looked at their schedule, especially coming off the JMU win, I would have said something like eight and a half here. This is a wow. Uh, yeah, it's weird. when you're when you're nine and sixteen overall in the year, I mean that that screams sharp. Um, yeah, you, you gotta do something. 
<laughs> yeah, so I got to make a move. Um, I look, McCall, it, almost two thousand yards passing on the year, eighteen touchdowns, just one interception. Um, so yeah, the the shine is off him a bit because Coastal's not the limelight like they were last year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking the chance here. Come on, y'all, back off. No, no, I, more power to you. You're gonna, you're gonna think my next pick's crazy too. So the total in I think it's 40 even, and it's San Diego State. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> San Diego State who? At Fresno. Good Lord. Who, in the Valley? In the Valley. I think it's 40. Uh, let's hold on. Yeah, it is 40. Yeah, it's I'm 40 and a half. 40, 40 and a half. Okay. I can get you 40, the, though. These, yeah, I, I'm, I want it as low as possible because I'm, I'm going to take the over <laughs> 40 here. Mm. But let me tell you all, this is a risky pick. It seems 40 seems like not a very lot of points. Fresno averages 22 points a game, and San Diego's worse with 18 points a game on offense. Sounds so, like 40. Yep, yep, yep. So they that's how they got that number. However, this <laughs> is here's my reasoning here. Um, I I have uh, started following him just like Nick does, and I'm a big fan of the SP Plus. And this is one of the largest discrepancies on the board. Um, he thinks this total should be 48 and a half or 49. Whoa, and it's at 40. Mm. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the over. There and I'll just tell y'all. I mean, Fresno's so bad. Like they they're 104th with 22 and a half points per game. Um, Their defense is 64th, which isn't awful. That tells me. I mean, I say it's not awful. You got to remember, we're talking about Fresno here. That we're not talking about an SEC team. And so, like, they don't score a lot, but they also don't like get boat raced either. Um, But um, I just, you know, simply on the based on the fact that SB Plus model has this so, so off just smells to me or you know i'm just going to take my chance on it as far as a lot goes so typically what i'll do with these especially when the sp plus model is that far off is i'll throw it like in a teaser yeah i'm talking about like a real life bet and and add seven more or take off seven more points from it so i'll say over 33 and so really bill c thinks it's going to be 48 and a half now i've got 15 and a half points under right. what he's expecting this is also the the nine thirty kick on Saturday, so it's it's one of those that, assuming you watched Ole Miss, you know you may be feeling good, you may be feeling bad, but you're probably watching this game, and it is always nice to like have a lock on a game that you're for sure to watch. You know, I mean, you, this is mm. good. This is a pretty good matchup to watch at nine thirty on Saturday. And I just did all that, and the starting quarterback may be out. Like I I picked a lock last week or the week before. Starting quarterback never played in it. And of course, you know, so knows that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think San Diego State's quarterback at one point this year was a safety who transferred from Mississippi State. So, God, <laughs> God's right. against Arizona. Oh, yeah. 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 Ben, I do want to thank you for taking the over in our game. We're going to try yeah. really hard to score a lot of points for you. This is Brady Hoke, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I can go in and give you all my third, too, and this is not going to be liked by SP+. Plus. And sorry if y'all, are, you know, think this is a crazy pick, but I'm going to – or what's the line in Illinois-Nebraska? Come, Come on, this is our yeah. show. This is not crazy. Seven and a half. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to lay seven and a half on the road. Love it. I love with it. Illinois. So, wow. I, 
Yes. Um, SB Plus hates this, but I am a Burt guy, and they have been good all freaking year other than that yeah. Indiana game. Yeah. And they were even good in that game. They just had stupid turnovers. Wait, and so um, – I can get you five and a half. No, that I think that's a lot. I think that's good. Oh, no, hold on. Sorry, that was the opening line. My bad, my bad. Well, so if you give me five and Carry a half, on. I'm going to call this the lock of the century of the week. Uh, they so don't need it. They're going to they, smoke them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boat race Nebraska. And I will say, Nebraska, this is all right. They always get a little bit of just, I don't know why, respect because of the name, though. They were good in the 90s and 80s and 70s and every time. But, you know, after the modern era came to be and spread offenses. But back when people ran the triple option, they were good. But they're, they're thought to have been playing better recently. And, and maybe, maybe I'll agree with that. I don't know simply because they played decent against Purdue. But um, I, I'm just – I'm not a uh, – a couple weeks ago, but Purdue still won. And, like, Purdue's yeah. not good. And so mm-hmm. – so You weren't I, impressed I just, by the Rutgers win? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, to be, it's to not be that fair, Purdue Purdue's, they, To be fair, ahead. Purdue still has Chuck Sizzle, though. They do. That's no, true. The, that's true. I, that's right. They're five and two, but it's not like they – it's not like they play Penn State close. I mean, Nebraska's yeah. at a point in its in its program where they're taking moral victories at Purdue. Like, are Purdue. you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a low point for Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. And so, to see. So I, I, yeah, and they have the worst run defense in the Big Ten. Illinois runs the football. Now, I will say this: Illinois does not blow people. That's not the Burt Bielema the model. I mean, it may be. 21 to 10 and we may be sweating it out but it's never going to be in doubt and he's going to cover the spread so uh i i don't think nebraska can stop illinois running back and i i don't think and i know they can't move the ball illinois defense is good hint hint like if old miss is looking for a coordinator in the future maybe they ought to look at him but um Love either it. way you know yeah. give me a uh, chase brown and the line i All right, Nick, you got one? Uh, yeah, and then this is going to be uh, – Ben's going to love this one. All right, you knew I had to bring it out. I've been talking about it all week. It is my lock of the century of the year, actually. And that is – and, I mean, he could say it for me if I needed him to. Tennessee, your Tennessee oh, Volunteers. Oh, gosh. Minus 12.5 against Kentucky. Earlier in the week, well, he challenged yeah. me. He said, let's I bet this is real life. Him. I don't, just, I don't bet against friends because I don't like taking their money. But <laughs> Tennessee, it, it, it feels like 98. It smells like 98. It tastes like 98 at this point. I, I, can, I can see T. Martin warming up Dude, in the background. You are the it worst. Is, it is the, the balls are riding high. And Ben gave me this thing earlier in the week about how Kentucky plays like hard-nosed defense. Or something. I don't even know what that means. Tennessee is going to run rough shot over Kentucky. They've lost to them a couple times in recent years, but they don't lose to Kentucky normally. It's not going to happen this year. The offense is too good. Kentucky does no thing great. I did, their offensive line is terrible. Their defense doesn't really have you know guys on it like they've had in the past. They've got a, a pretty good running back and an above-average quarterback who I, I think is – 
going to be a better NFL quarterback than a college quarterback. I don't really think he's a great college guy right now. He doesn't really stretch the field like like a, a college quarterback should. Maybe that's because they don't open up the offense in the way they should. They probably do have the best player in Barry on Brown, but it's not like Stoops knows how to use him. I mean, he, he had two touches in the Ole Miss game. And he had two touches like a week later in, in the next game. So they don't use him a ton. Kentucky is so good. I mean, excuse me, Tennessee is so good. Underrated uh, on Guardian the run defense. Yeah, seriously. Th- their, their run defense is a little bit underrated for Tennessee. The defense is still not great, but the offense is so good. And I think they're going to pound them. Possibly look ahead spot to Georgia. Doesn't matter. They're going to win by possibly not the 17. Because this is ridiculous. Yeah, talking about someone getting Petro's chili shipped to their house. Um, (laughs) So, look. Kentucky's – real quick, Kentucky's Tell tell me about how hard Kentucky plays, man. Kentucky's 3-0 against the spread against AP-ranked opponents this season, Nick. I'm just watch saying, UK, UK, watch your ass. Watch your ass. Kentucky off a bye, Tennessee with Georgia on deck. Yeah, right. That's why stop it, not stop ignoring the look ahead spot, Nick. You're picking that, all favorites. That's why the line's week? not 20. <laughs> y'all are uh, you're okay. wilding for that. Like, I think that I think this is a one score game. Yeah, I told Nick, you. I told you this earlier in the week, and I stand yeah. by this. They may not cover the spread. I I, I mean that earnestly. Maybe a ten point game or something what? like that. K- Kentucky will not have the ball in the second half with a chance to tie or take the lead. Like they like they will not have the ball within seven points in the second what half. What are we? Point. If that's we, the case, I will sing all verses and choruses <laughs> of Rocky Top on unless, the unless unless they get the ball kicked to them off. Maybe maybe that counts as one. Time. Okay, but I was going to say. That, I was going to say, what are the stakes? So Ben's going to sing Rocky Top. Nick, what are you going to do if you're wrong? That's just that they have the ball to take the lead or tie. Are you okay. kidding me? In, in the, the second half? In the second like, half, other than the opening kick. You know what I mean? If it's a seven-point game and they receive the, the oh, kickoff other than the third mean, quarter. <laughs> we're narrowing this down to something where – look, I think no, it's No, I'm more just, more I'm just more saying, more. let's say it's a seven-point game at halftime, and that's not absurd. And then they'll not score first. Tennessee will score, and then and then that's that. Do you, the rest you of the how quickly you forget the pit game? The same pit that lost to Georgia Tech. I mean, we we earlier we talked about Oregon and, and being you know eleven weeks off of sure of sure uh, the, the Georgia game that was sure. eight weeks ago. Follow that up with a what a four point win against the Florida Gators. Like well, that they're good over, over Alabama. They did beat Alabama. No, no, Bama. Bama. You know, the last time Alabama gave up fifty four points in a football game. I think Tennessee's very, very Robert. good. I, I do, but I'm not. Cornelius Vanderbilt was alive. Oh, I'm sure. I, I think wow. Tennessee is very good, but let's Shout not crown them the 2019 LSU Tigers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, like, I'm close. I'm close. I know you are. I know you are. That's oh, what she said. Is, but, is, is but this they, Coke? <laughs> Maybe. You're going to yeah, make me cheer I mean, for Georgia next week. <laughs> oh, I'm cheering for Georgia. I, I think that, are you kidding me? I, I was – this – I mean, I th- I think Kentucky can go in there and win. To be honest with you, but you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not sense. exaggerating. I, Tennessee is not you know what? other than Alabama, other than Alabama, is, which they won. It's going to be, but they, this is going to be number one overall pick. Will Levis's coming out party this week. Oh my good lord! Uh, <laughs> look, this how disappointing would that be, would this be for Tennessee if they lost the week before their game of the century? 
Uh, it would be care. perfect to see. Like they, they, they are primed for this. I don't care how disappointing it is for them. I would be, I will be in college station. And I will be buying shots for everybody. <laughs> I mean, I would love it, Nick. I just... Nick, I hope you're right. I hope they blow them out and then they get drugged next week in Athens. Oh, I hope they all those people paying seven hundred dollars for a ticket. I hope they lose by sixty in Athens. I yeah. You also talking about making you root for Georgia. I'm like. I'm barking at people next week. For oh, I'm going to be blaring Corey Smith all next week. <laughs> also, keep in mind that Kentucky views their only real loss as Ole Miss because Levis wasn't there for that South Carolina win or loss or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that this is and, – and Kentucky's not going to be scared of Tennessee. Remember, they went down to Florida and won back when Florida still thought they were good. So, like, yeah, they right. played in tough environments. I mean, I, this is an interesting game to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had to pick it, like all jokes aside, I would pick Tennessee to cover. But if you told me that Kentucky had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to win and maybe blew it like they did against Ole Miss, I wouldn't be floored. Like, I don't know that Tennessee's like four touchdowns better than Ole Miss or three touchdowns better than Ole Miss. Maybe they are. I think that's a, a different matchup for a different day. But Tennessee has not played a team – other than Alabama, with the <clears throat> capability of running the football like Rodriguez has. At LSU? And this is another thing that – no, absolutely not LSU. And, and here's, here's, one, here's one more thing to consider. Mark Stoops drains the clock. So ten, it's not That's as true. if they're going to they're, they're gonna have the ball a lot. If Kentucky can get three first downs in a row on you, half the quarter's gone. Yeah, Ole Miss saw that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like – yeah, you better score from far. I mean, early and often, yeah. if you're going to cover a two score spread like this, it's the, yeah, I mean, I just like Stoops as a duck. Like, this is what Stoops lives for this role, right? Oh, this yeah. game, this is what Stoops Absolutely. lives for. Big especially, dog it, on the road, especially yes. with Tennessee gave him Bill, uh, gave him bulletin board material this week when you know. The AD was like talking about uniforms and how they want to do classic uniforms for big games, big rivalry yeah. games. Yeah. And then the day after he says that, they break they bring out the black unis. Yeah. Which looked terrible, so, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, it, I I thought about this Stoops when you play him or Kentucky, they're the closest thing like schematically from an operation standpoint. That you put that college football sees or the SEC sees to the NFL, meaning they huddle, they get up to the line of scrimmage, they like run the clock down to two seconds, snap the ball, they gain four yards, they huddle yeah. right back up, they do it they again, yeah, do it again, and the next thing you know, you get the ball back at seven thirty left in the first quarter. Man, when they're set, when there's when Ole Miss gets the ball, it's open and drive, they'll go eighty yards and and be kicking the extra point with 13-12 left in the first quarter. Yeah, right. Kentucky's yeah. not made it to to the 40-yard line at that point. Yeah, Nick. I'm I'll interested in away. the game. I mean, Kentucky blew their ass out in Knoxville in 2020. So, oh, it, yeah. it, it's going to be an interesting deal. <clears throat> It's right, also I'm, it's just hard for me to believe. I know this offense is kind of like a cheat coding in college. It's the old Baylor offense. We saw it first down with Matt Corral. It's really effective when you have great players. Tennessee has great players. They do. Not arguing any of that. 
But at some point, right, at some point, they're going to have a flat game. You, they're just not going to play at an elite level every game. Yeah. And if, if it's not the week before the Georgia game, I just don't know when else it would be. It just feels like – I mean, even LSU in 2019 did that. They, yeah, they yeah, went Auburn. to Auburn. They almost lost at Auburn. Yeah. That's correct. It was the Auburn game. And Auburn wasn't any good that year. No, but I mean, they, I mean, it was like a, a three point game or something, right? I mean, yes. they, LSU mm-hmm. escaped that game at Auburn. I just feel like if, if this is it, this is the week, Tennessee has Georgia circled. It will be the biggest game in Tennessee football history, or at least in the last 20, 30 years, whatever, uh, if they win this week. They all know it. Their media knows it. Their players know it. Their coaches know it. It's really easy to overlook little old Kentucky coming off of a bye with a pretty talented team. I, I, I'm, I'm, like, I think we agree here. I don't know that Kentucky wins outright or even threatens to win outright. I'm just 13 points, 12 and a half points. That's a lot of points against a competent team. I think that's I like great... it, though. I like it. I like it. I th- this is – I love picks like this. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Austin, about how they're going to they're they're gonna stumble at some point because I do think Tennessee is really good but I don't know if they're elite yet. And I could be wrong. Maybe this is their year. Maybe this is the perfect storm. They got the older, experienced quarterback, and they're clicking on all cylinders. Cedric Tillman's back this week at receiver. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I, I saw like you, I saw back but limited, by the way. So, I think he is back. I just – Yeah. I don't – I think he's going to be on a pitch count. But, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're right with, like, this is the game that, like, Stoops lives for. Like he is going to have all kinds of stuff cooked up. And this is a game, like we talk about weird games for Ole Miss with like Vandy and Auburn. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is always a weird one, like Tennessee, Kentucky, because Tennessee is like still acting like it's 1998 all the time and they don't take Kentucky seriously. And Kentucky hates that and they want to play the, you know, spoiler, they want to play the villain, all that. So, yeah, I, it's, it's a fascinating game. Because I think it's either a Tennessee blowout or it's a really close nail biter. Um, yeah, there's no scenario where Kentucky blows out Tennessee. <laughs> no. I don't know if there's a no. scenario where Kentucky no. blows anybody out. To be honest yeah. with you, right? Um, it, well, it, Tennessee will be a hard team to blow out too. I mean, by, by anybody in the country because of that offense. I mean, they will be yeah. in the, yeah. you, the chance for a backdoor against everybody. You yeah. say that. Excellent segue to my final lock here. Um, Talking about the Bluegrass State and uh, teams that Kentucky could potentially blow out. I am going to take Dave Clawson and the claw fence. They're not in the dash, but I'm taking them anyway. Minus three and a half against Louisville. Louisville is so bad and Satterfield's seat is heating up. And I think, keep in mind, this is the same Louisville defense that was just torched by a Florida State backup quarterback. And Boston College, who has the worst offense in the ACC. I mean, I don't care that Louisville is coming off wins against Virginia and Pitt. It does not matter. I, Sam Hartman is just rejuvenated this team. 
I, I, I love Wake Forest in this spot. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't think it matters. They're six and one against the spread this year. That's tied for the second best cover percentage in the FBS. They've covered each of their last three road games. I think that Dave Clawson doesn't get talked enough as a great coach. I don't think people give him enough credit. I know he's at a small school up there in the, in the Piedmont, North Carolina. Um, but I love them in this spot. I mean, they're quietly a top 10 team right now. I, I think people forget that. Like they are in the top 10. Um, yeah. I, I just think Louisville's just reeling. Even though they're coming off wins, I think they're just sputtering to the finish line. It, it, was, a, it was a pretty fraudulent win last week against Pitt. They had – I think they were plus four in turnovers in the game, including a scoop and score fumble. So their offense actually only put up like 17 points, and some of that was aided, yeah. again, by turnovers. So, yeah, turnovers are part of the game, but you just can't count on that. You know, you can't rely on that game to game. So their offense is, is struggling right now. Wake's offense is not. I mean, they are rolling. Yeah. And uncharacteristically, Clawson has been a little mouthy the last couple of weeks about not getting much attention nationally. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think they are out to make a statement. Like, but for the reason you just said, Zach, nobody knows they're a top 10 team. Like, they, they get no credit. And all they do is go out and put 45 on, on people every week. So uh, I don't think Louisville can keep up here. If you hadn't picked this, I, I love this pick. Under four feels like stealing. Say, I, only three and yeah. a half. Yeah, I hate laying points on the road this time of the year unless you can find an angle, and I think the angle is clear here. Wake Forest is out to send a message week to week now. They have everything to play for, and Louisville just cannot keep up. The claw fence. He's good, man. He's good. One of the best in the country. Yeah. All right, Austin, you got a couple we can get home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to regroup because you took that one. Let me go – let me go Syracuse minus two and a half against Notre Dame. Uh, I thought Syracuse oh. acquitted themselves pretty well last week against Clemson. Now ah, Clemson they turned the ball blew over. it. Yeah, yeah. Clemson turned the ball over, but Syracuse earned a couple of those. I mean, they weren't just complete fluke turnovers. And in the game where they were outmatched talent wise, they did a good job. Their coaching staff did a good job of keeping them in the game. Robert Nye has got to be up for. Offensive coordinator of the year. He's done an incredible job there with Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker. Um, they're figuring things out. And the dome at Syracuse can kind of sneakily be a tough place to play when it's full because it's domed. I mean, it gets loud in there. It's going to be packed for Notre Dame. I mean, how often does Syracuse have a chance to actually be competitive against Notre Dame? It's few and far between. I think it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I, Notre Dame is not impressive by the way. Like, they didn't cover last week against UNLV. They lost outright to Stanford. They've lost outright to Marshall. Uh, Notre Dame's up and down. Tricky team to figure out. They have no weapons outside of their tight end. So, if Syracuse can just shut down the tight end, which I realize is easier said than done because he's really good, I think it's a short number at home. Two and a half under the field goal. Low scoring game, but give me the orange to cover something like 27-21. Love it. Yeah, I, I I thought about that one for sure because, yeah, I don't – I don't know what Notre Dame's doing. And Lord knows if they didn't have the tight end, um, his name is – Tom. is it Tommy Meyer? Meyer, yeah, I don't know this person, is it? Yeah, um, maybe Tommy. Yeah, I mean, if, they, if they don't have him, they have nothing on offense. Yeah, they're bad. 
right. All right. Let me find one more. One more for me. I'm I've shocked really no one's touching Florida plus 22 and a half. Well, as you're about to say, I thought about throwing a dart with either Florida or Michigan State. Both of those feel like that those numbers are just too big in rivalry games, but they're playing teams that are absolutely motivated to roll them and are I, clearly capable of rolling them. So I think I'm going to stay away from a bunch of those, although that Michigan State 23 does look really tempting. Um, don't go, go into Carolina again. No, I can't, man. It looks It's sitting there like staring at me too at minus three flat. I want to so bad, but I just can't. What about what about what about Utah and, and Wazoo? Want to take your chances no, with the Cougs? Let's do this. Let's sweat out a trash game here at eleven a.m. Boston College goes to UConn. <laughs> I, how the hell they're only minus seven and a half here? Is I don't know. That's I'm not touching that. Give me over forty four and a half. These are two terrible teams. But 44 and a half is a full, what, two touchdowns under college football average this year? I, I mean, can Boston College not beat UConn 30 to 17? I mean, what are we doing? Weather appears yeah. to be good stores. Boston College is not going to score on UConn. I mean, look, UConn is surprised, like shockingly competent. Jim Mora has those guys playing pretty well. I think they can get into the upper teens here, maybe 20. Surely. Surely the Boston College can give me 28. Yeah. And yeah, I mean 44 and a half. I mean, come on. I mean, they just they just scored 34 on Louisville, but they do average less than 20 points a game, both schools. Yeah, they, so Boston College has been dealing with injuries throughout the year that they've shuffled. I think they've played like some I can't remember the number, but a crazy combination of offensive linemen this year due to injuries. And I think Jacoby, their quarterback, was actually banged up at the beginning of the year. So they're getting healthy, and they will have the best player on the field in Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is an NFL receiver for Boston College. So just throw the ball to Zay every play, and let's go over the total by yourself, Boston College. Like, put up 45 so they don't have to worry about it. But um, I think I can trust UConn here to get three TDs. If I, if I just get three TDs, I, I think I'll feel fine about yeah. it. Yeah, come on. All right. So is there not a line for the uh, Louisville-James Madison game? The who? Wait, the who? James Madison? Uh, Louis Louis James. Oh, that's that's two weeks. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Are you going to take the Dukes? Depending, yeah, probably. <laughs> Dude, yeah. they're good. Uh, yeah, they, they are. A little slide the last couple of weeks, but they could be an absolute. Um, well, they've had they've had like a. A fairly tough schedule, you know they yeah they blow they blew out middle beat Norfolk, but then they they beat App State, and that's when App State had just come off the win against Troy mm-hmm. and A uh, and M, but they've also had uh, they played Georgia Southern and got beat Georgia Southern, I, uh, and I, I guess I'm thinking Georgia State, but uh, they did lose, but then they've got Louisville, Old Dominion, Georgia State, mm-hmm. and Coastal to end the year. Like that, that's all good football. I would watch every one of those games. Man, the Sun Belt is spicy. They, it is so that's good. a good conference. Yeah, it is so yeah. good. Uh, like I would, I, would I don't know how they. From that. I think that they stack up well with the ACC. To be honest with you, seriously, the ACC or the AAC? Both. Okay. If you want to, <laughs> I mean, really, 
other than other than like obvious top heavy teams like Clemson. But I mean, are you going to take Duke over JMU? I mean, hell, ODU beat Virginia Tech this year, right? That's and, right. And That's right. Should have beaten. Should have beaten Virginia. Yeah. They lost at the last second field goal. All dirty. All right. Week nine. I like this board. This is looking good. Outside of Nick picking Tennessee to cover, I, I like this board. <laughs> no, Nick, Nick I did pick Auburn, too, which I thought about removing and just taking uh, Kentucky just to mess with Nick. I kind of like it now. All right. Um, yeah, it's going to do it week nine. Um, we're, we, we, we need a big week. We're, we're running out of time. We're wanting to get back into the black here. Um, but, hey, I, I like what I'm seeing here. Um I think we all got a good shot at going three and zero. Nick's probably going to go two and one, but yeah. <laughs> I think we should just sweep the board this week, in my opinion. Let's yeah, just let's do just that. do it. Yeah, I mean and that you would be win if you're on play. That would be great. Let Tennessee win, let them blow them out, and then lose next week, and then it all comes crashing down. Love it. So look at headline on that, by the way. And now we got to go. Look at headline there is Georgia thirteen and a half. Oh, oh, oh. against Tennessee. Is... Yep. Yeah. Wow. I heard uh, last week Phil Steele had it at like 12. So I'll be interested to see what's going By is. the way, same for Bama LSU. Bama 14, I saw on the look ahead. Mm. Just setting the stage. That makes me for next so week, nervous baby. about how we looked against LSU. Yeah. Man, so excited. Every game's different. Every game's different. Yeah. yeah. Not in a vacuum. Everybody relax. All right. That's going to do it for week nine. We'll be back next week for week 10. I feel like we've gone from week three to week 10 in like four days. Um, yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll be back to chat with you. Recap on Miss AM and look ahead to uh, the bye week as Ole Miss will be preparing for Alabama. But uh, we don't take a bye week. We'll be picking games anyway. So for Austin, for Ben, and for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Hit That Line. Thanks to the sponsors, and thanks to you, the listener, as always, for tuning in. Till next week, we out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.